Good morning. Happy 4th of July to you guys. Tomorrow, we get to celebrate the 4th, don't we? And I have to tell you that we get to celebrate the, the freedom to, to be with Jesus every day. We have that freedom and that liberty. And that's something that I am so proud of. And I'm just proud to be an American. How about you? Amen. Amen. We want to connect with you, and you know, we have a couple ways that you can do that. Um, you can go to the atrium and meet someone at the welcome desk and talk about and fill out a connect card, and we get to know you that way. Also, you can connect with us digitally, and you can do that by putting in the phone number 904 441 6900 and put the word connect, text that in, and you can fill that out as well. And that's also a way that we can pray for you. We want to pray with you through the week, and you can go there anytime during the week, and if you have a prayer request, please do that. Put that in, and we can be praying for you. Also, you can put in the word news, type that in, text it in, and you can um, find out all the goings on in the church, what's going on, and um, all the different ministries, and the life of the church. Also, you know, we want to connect, too, another way, through our life groups. Our life groups meet on Sunday, but we also meet off campus as well. And if you've been thinking about connecting in a life group and you've just been a little bit hesitant about that, um, there'll be, um, Kyle will be out in the atrium in front of that. There's a sign that says life groups and serve, I believe, and that's a connection place. Please go out there. Sign up for a life group. There's for all ages. Anyone that just has a heart, that's your way of getting to connect with us not just digitally and not just at the information desk. We just love you. You guys have a wonderful 4th of July tomorrow. Thank you. In Isaiah chapter 42, we read two very different yet both very true descriptions of God. In verses 2 and 3, he is one who will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A breezed root he will not break, a breezed reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. But just a few verses later, we read about God being an awesome warrior. The Lord goes out like a mighty man, like a man of war. He stirs up his zeal. He cries out. He shouts aloud. He shows himself mighty against his foes. Now, both of these are accurate depictions of God, and both can be found in Julia Ward House stirring song, Battle Hymn of the Republic. Let's stand. Let's sing about our God. Sing the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He has loosed the faithful lightning of his terrible with sword. His truth is marching. Watchfires of a hundred circling camps They have built and 
child who is old enough to be brutally honest, but is not yet old enough to have learned social niceties. Like, for instance, you don't always have to be brutally honest. They may embarrass a parent by speaking a truth out loud that doesn't necessarily need to be spoken out loud, and leaving the parent to sputter an apology. Well, when our older son, Jameson, was a very young child, he was with Marcia at the grocery store, and he needed to get past a woman who was in the aisle. In his innocence, he spoke without guile or intentional malice. He spoke a truth. He said very politely, excuse me, old lady. 
Well, Marcia then got to try to explain that he thought he was being respectful. But you know the old saying, if you're explaining, you're losing. And she definitely lost that encounter. Well, sometimes well-meaning and well-intentioned Christians seem to feel like a parent who needs to apologize or to explain away an aspect of God that the Bible clearly teaches. And that's the one that's one that's found in the first stanza that we just sang. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. Now that picture comes from the book of Revelation, which reads, Another angel came out from the altar, and he called out with a loud voice to the one who had the sharp sickle, Put in your sickle, and gather the clusters from the wine, from the vine of the earth, for its grapes are ripe. So the angel swung his sickle across the earth and gathered the grape harvest of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. Now, a lot of people are uncomfortable with the idea that God gets angry. But Paul spoke of it when he wrote to the Romans, Note then the kindness and the severity of God. Severity towards those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you. Well, Pastor Richard Strauss wrote, Is it wrong for God to get angry like that? On the contrary, it is as much a part of his glory and perfection as is his holiness, his justice, or his love. In fact, it is required by all three. Sin is an outrage against God's holiness. His justice requires that he punish it, and his love for his people demands that he destroy sin because it threatens their well-being. Wrath is God acting in love to destroy sin, to purge his universe of what is detrimental to its best interests. God cannot love what is good without hating what is evil and moving decisively against it any more than a parent can love his child without acting quickly and ruthlessly to destroy a wild animal that threatens the life of that child. God's wrath is the perfect response of his perfect being to that which poses a danger to his children. So, in perfect, infinite, unselfish love, God has laid the curse of his offended holiness on his own son, who willingly bore it for us. He provided the sacrifice by which his holiness could be satisfied and his wrath avoided. The Apostle Paul explained it, but God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. So because the infinitely holy Son of God died in our place and paid for our sins, we may be forgiven, declared righteous, and made acceptable to God. We can be delivered from the awful wrath that's been stored up because of our sin. And that is the essence of the gospel. Would you pray with me? And in the privacy and in the quietness of your own heart, let's begin by thanking God for his great patience, who is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance.
And give thanks to Jesus for his willingness to be despised and rejected by men, to be a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Thank Jesus for bearing our griefs and carrying our sorrows, even to the point of being stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Admit and ask forgiveness for your transgressions for which he was pierced and your iniquities for which he was crushed. And finally, let's ask God to cleanse us as a people and restore us as a country so that we become a nation truly under God, an America that he can bless. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's stand. Let's continue.
morning, church. My name is Heather Carlton. I'm the missions minister here, and it is my great uh, goodness, privilege and pleasure to be able to bring before you Barbara Crossman, our missionary from Moldova that we have been praying for her and David for so long. Thank you for coming and supporting them, coming alongside them in prayer and all that you've done to support what God is doing through them. We're going to talk with Miss Barbara this morning. David is traveling on other speaking engagements, so we miss him, but we are so happy to have Barbara here with, this morning, with us this morning, and she is going to share a little bit about the past few months and how God has radically changed the ministry in Moldova. That's for sure. I spoke earlier, and that song we just sang has always been one of my favorites, and it has always moved me greatly. But given that we are in the throes of war in Ukraine, it just touched me even more deeply because that's those are words they are living right now. They are fighting for their freedom. And David and I want to thank you so much for all the support, all the prayers, all the love, all the notes, all the financial gifts that you had given us. Um, you are partners with us in the work that God is doing. But one of the things that we have seen, and I know that with the years that we all have, we have all seen in this in our own lives, that the words, God, man intended it for evil, but God intended it for good. And there is horror in Ukraine, make no mistake. But what we are seeing that in the midst of that, the churches in Moldova and Ukraine are rising up like we've never seen before. Before you were set, you would have the Baptists didn't talk to the Pentecostals who didn't talk to whomever it was. And they are moving together and working together. The churches in Moldova cared for the over 300,000 Ukrainians that crossed through Moldova, not only helping them with food and shelter and transportation, but with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And those Ukrainians are taking that gospel to Europe, whether they have it and they've known it or it's new to them. The church in Ukraine is rising up, and they are in the forefront of getting food and medical supplies and needs, not just to those around them, but to people on the front lines. And they're taking it with the gospel, with Bibles, and you are all a part of that. So please keep praying that the war would end, yes, God, but that the gospel will go forth. Thank you for that. We are so grateful that God saw fit years ahead of time to place you and David in Moldova right in the middle of the greatest time to be able to share. I want to ask you now, and the thing that we're all curious about is how can we pray for you in the coming months? Well, what has shifted recently in the last six weeks, eight weeks is that things are quiet right now in Moldova. 
the, we're not having large numbers of refugees go across. There are about 100,000 Ukrainians that have decided to stay. They're being cared for. We have a system. So more and more of our attention and our time is actually in Ukraine. We're partnering with a number of Ukrainian churches. We've been going back and forth into Ukraine. Um, David has several concerts already scheduled for when we go back in the fall. Um, so pray that as we give encouragement to the churches in Ukraine, pray that as we are establishing pipelines, trying to get more medicines and clean water, what they desperately need in Ukraine, pray that God will just help us know what his good works are for us because the needs are unlimited but we know that he has appointed good works for us and we want to do what he has appointed. Pray for um, stamina, <laughs> you know, health, just, you know, we're not spring chickens anymore, so. But we really are grateful for all of you and we feel your prayers. It's not just words I'm using. We are held by your prayers. Thank you. I just want to also extend an invitation. If you have just been blessed by what Barbara has shared this morning, it's just a snapshot of what the Lord has been doing. They're going to have a concert here. David's going to put on a concert, and they're going to share their hearts on July 17th, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. We'd love to have you come back and get a fuller picture of what's going on there. If you will now, church, join me in praying for the Crossmans. God, we thank you so much for the work that you are doing. We thank you for placing the Crossmans right where you would have them. And they were just already waiting on your bidding. God, thank you for using them, giving them strength thus far. And we pray that the stateside time would be a refreshment and a blessing that they could go back with just fire in their feet, ready to do whatever you've called them to do. We pray for wisdom and we pray for energy and passion that your name would be glorified here and across the nations, especially in the Ukraine right now. God, we trust you for all these things, and we are privileged to come alongside you in your work. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you. I am not Bill Blaylock, nor am I the church administrator, and you can be very grateful for both of those facts. <laughs> Bill is uh, uh, caught in the other service, so allow me to, uh, to pray for our offering, and allow me to say thank you for your generosity. Uh, we don't often get to see face-to-face -face someone like Barbara Crossman that we support uh, financially, because there's several thousand of them that are several thousand missionaries that we are part of that our family church that support. And so your generosity is what makes that possible. So thank you for what you've given in the past. Thank you for what you give today and in the times to come. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are a God who provides for us, not just so that we can hoard it all to ourselves, but so that we can then pass it on. Lord, thank you that you have put here in this church for 50 years, faithful men and women who love you and are willing to obey you. You've said to give, they give. You've said to give graciously and generously, and they give graciously and generously. 
So Lord, we pray that you will take what is received, these tithes and these offerings, and you will use them in a way that brings the greatest glory to you and the greatest good to your world. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. church. I pray you have a great July 4th weekend. Do you have plans already made for July 4th? No plans? Some people don't have. You got to wait till they go. Uh, How many of you think you might eat a hot dog tomorrow? 
I mean, some people, people eat hot dogs. How many of you may raise an American flag tomorrow? Okay. A lot of things to do. I know what uh, some people will go and have a picnic or go to the beach or visit family. Uh, I heard reading through the news what 35,000 people are planning to do tomorrow. You know what 35,000 people are planning to do tomorrow? They're going to go to Coney Island and they're going to attend Nathan's 4th of July hot dog eating contest. (laughs) They're going to watch people eat hot dogs. Do you realize last year the winner of that in a period of 10 minutes ate 76 hot dogs? How many of you are planning to eat 76 hot dogs tomorrow? Maybe not in a 10-minute period. I don't recommend it. I don't. You know, I, I know something else that's happening. Tens of thousands of people are going to go to downtown St. Augustine to watch the fireworks, right? Yeah. Any, any of you going down to watch the fireworks? A few brave people are going to do. You know, if you do, if you do, you know, you can park here at the church. And the city of St. Augustine is running a shuttle. And, and so they're running, this is one of the sites. And so you can invite people to park here at the church for free. There'll be a free shuttle downtown. And uh, we have some people in our church. You know what they're doing? They're opening up the lobby. And uh, they're giving out bottles of water to people standing in line and sharing invite cards to the church. I, some people are just engaging in the Lord. So praise God for that, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be a good day. I hope that, I hope that you um, do something very good tomorrow. Uh, today, I want to share four opportunities that you have tomorrow on July 4th, four things that you can do as a follower of Jesus Christ, four priorities uh, that you can have. And uh, I'm coming from 1 Peter chapter 2. So I invite you to take your Bibles and turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. And uh, this is written by Peter the Apostle, the Apostle of Jesus. He's writing this later in life. And he's writing to to churches uh, that are under the persecution of the Roman Empire. And he's giving them encouragement and direction in navigating life as a Christian when under fire for being a Christian. And they're amazing words. They're encouraging words. They're words I think that all of us need to hear. So I invite you to stand with me in honor of God's word. I want to share these with you. This is Peter writing to the church and he says this. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you'd not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Lord Jesus, I thank you for 
this word. Lord Jesus, I pray that you'd help us to live this out as your followers, Lord, that we'd proclaim your light, your glory, your power, your transformation. And Lord Jesus, I pray that you'd bless us as your church, bless us as those carrying your witness, and bless our nation, Lord. In your precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So here I see four priorities for the 4th of July and for every day. And the the focus that I want to share is verse 17. Verse 17, I'm going to unpack that one. It's It's a very simple message, a very clear message, but it's a message that applies to all of us today. Okay? And he says there in verse 17, Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. So let's look at that first phrase. He says, honor everyone. In the original language, uh, and this was written in Greek. If you know anything about our, our scriptures, they were originally written down in, in the New Testament in, in an first century Greek, first century style of Greek. And it says there, it says, all you give honor, all give honor to. So, so honor all. It's, that, it's a Greek word. It's timao, T-I-M-A-O, timao. There are actually two words in Greek that, that talk about giving honor. Uh, one of those is, is doxa. We get the word doxology from it. And that's when we give honor to God, when we give honor to the Supreme One. And um, that word is revive, uh, reserved for, for giving divine honor. We often translate that as praise or glory. A doxology is, is, a, is a word of praise to God. And then also there's uh, time or timao is the verb form. And that's when you give honor and recognition usually to a person. And right here, it's a command, and it's written in such a way that it means to start showing honor. You need to start showing honor to everybody, okay, to everybody. So we need to begin something that's not being widely done, okay? So we need to show respect. We need to show regard. We need to show esteem. Uh, and, and, uh, and he says we need to show esteem to all. Now, in Greek, you know what all means? It means all, okay? It just means everybody, right? And so we need to show respect to every single person created in the image of God. You know, uh, back in that day, there were classes of people. It was very stratified, very stratified, very defined. And, and there were classes of people, for instance, slaves. And slaves were not worthy of time. They were not worthy of honor. They were not worthy of showing respect. And, and this was revolutionary when Peter wrote this. He means honor everybody. There is not anybody that does not deserve the respect as a human being created in the image of God. So the first thing that I think you could do to make a priority for July 4th is honor everyone. Show respect to everyone, okay? Now, some people are easy to have respect for. You know, tomorrow, as we celebrate independence, there are those that have died for our country. There are those who have served our country. There are those that are veterans. It's very easy to show respect for them tomorrow, right? Because they have paid a huge sacrifice. They've put themselves in harm's way for our country. It's very easy to show them honor. We need to show them honor, but we also need to recognize the value of every single person, no matter what they do for a living. We need to show them respect. No matter what language they speak or what accent the words come out, we need to show them respect. No matter what they believe, people of other faiths, we need to at least show respect to them. Why? Because God told us to show respect to them. Uh, and no matter how easy these people are to overlook, you know, if someone appears homeless, it's very normal for people to avert their eyes and look a different direction. <clears throat> 
But you know what? Uh, our word of God tells us that we need to show respect to those people. Uh, we need to show respect to everyone in your family. Sometimes it's very easy in the closeness of family relationships not to show the respect and honor we take people for granted. So we need to show respect to everyone in our family. So on, on the 4th of July, make it a goal. I'm going to try to make it a goal that I'm going to value every person I meet as a person that God created. Now, if you're going to be around thousands of people tomorrow, that may be hard to do, right? But I'm going to try, okay? I'm going to try because every person is important. So how good can I be at this? You know, it's going to be hard. And where it hits me is I often get busy. When I get busy, I get very task-oriented, and I want to get the job done. And when I do that, sometimes I overlook the people that are around me. And you know what? God says, don't do that. Show respect to everyone. Show the importance and the value that everyone has. As a matter of fact, as Christians, we need to be really good at showing honor. In Romans chapter 12, I love this passage. Romans chapter 12, Paul wrote this. He says, love one another with brotherly affection and outdo one another in showing timae, in showing honor. So, and it, so we need this. It's kind of like a competition. Who can be better at showing respect to everybody? That's what we ought to be doing as Christians. We ought to be, we ought to be trying to outdo each other in showing respect to our fellow uh, man and woman. And, and we need to do it not just as a show. We need to do it honestly. Um, Jesus talked about giving and receiving honor. He talked, uh, talked to some people. This is Mark chapter 7. He says, uh, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites? Isaiah said it right, okay? As it's written, the people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In our hearts, we need to ask God to help us to have this priority. Okay, to show respect and honor to every person I encounter. And, and if you're going to be around a lot of people tomorrow, you're going to have lots of opportunity, right? Okay. So. The next thing he says in verse 17, love the brotherhood. Love the brotherhood. This is agape love. This is that self-sacrificing love. This is that unselfish love. This is that grace-giving love. It's, it's the love that's recorded in John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It says, love the brotherhood. And I know this is written in masculine language, but, you know, it's inclusive in our understanding and interpretation. We're talking about loving the church. This is talking about loving uh, the brothers and sisters in Christ. So this is the second priority. First one is, is uh, honor everyone. The second one is love your spiritual brothers and sisters in Christ. It's actually written this way. Keep on loving your brothers and sisters in Christ. It's talking about church. And it's not just talking about local church. It's talking about the big C church. It's talking about Christians all over the world. It doesn't matter what label is on the front of their sign. But if they trust in Jesus Christ as Lord, they're following the word of God as their map. We need to, we need to pray for them. We need to show love to Christians throughout the world. Uh, this world, brotherhood, it's only used two times in the Bible. Both times here in Second Peter. Excuse me, we're in First Peter. Two times in First Peter. Um, and the, right here in first Peter two seventeen, and also in first Peter chapter five In chapter five, it's right after Peter's telling them about how Satan is really trying to tear us down. Let me just read that passage to you. It says, uh, first Peter chapter five, verse eight, be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him firm in your faith, knowing that 
The same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. See, we have brothers and sisters in Christ around the world who are suffering. And we need to show love for them. We need to keep on showing love for them. You just heard the testimony of Barbara Crossman of our Christian brothers and sisters in Moldova and the Ukraine and the suffering that they're going through. And we need to keep showing love in impractical ways and unselfish ways because we're part of the same family, right? We have a daughter church. Uh, David Wilson has been there many times. We have a daughter church in Assam. And right now they're going through some intense flooding in their area. And they need our prayers. They need our continued support. There's a reason we're involved in missions is because right here in this passage, we're supposed to love the brotherhood. We're supposed to love brothers and sisters in Christ because Satan's trying to wear us all down. Did you know that? Satan's trying to wear us all down. And so we need to show love to fellow Christians around the world. We need to show love to Christians around our community, even if they don't go to a church of our brand. Did you know that? We need to show love to all Christians. One of the things I've been pondering, and I got this from Brandon Elder. He, he and I were talking earlier this week about this message. And uh, it's this. Am I a Christian American or am I an American Christian? Where's the noun? What am I, what am I mostly? Am I a Christian American where, where being American is the foundation of what I am and Christian is just that label I add to it? Or, I'm a, or am I a Christian? An American is the adjective. And so I, I consider myself an American Christian. So what's the noun and what's the, what's the adjective? You know, we're, we're, we're part of a nation while we're here on earth. But I'm part of the family of God forever. Forever. So, so we want to love the brotherhood, those Christians, our brothers and sisters around the world. Verse 17. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, fear God. We honor people, we fear God. This is what it's saying. There's, there's a difference between how we relate to people and how we relate to God. And, and this is what Pastor David was mentioning earlier when he's talking about the judgment that's coming down. Uh, we honor everyone, but we fear God. Fear means to show reverence. Fear means to show awe. But fear also means to literally be afraid because God is God. He created us and he's going to come in judgment one day. Um, we need to fear God. Show that, show that understanding that we know how powerful he is. Uh, C.S. Lewis wrote uh, this famous book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And if you've not read it, it's, it's an extended parable of who God is and what he did for us to redeem humanity from sinfulness and, and that redemption. And in this parable, God is represented by Aslan. And Mr. Beaver, literally a beaver, Mr. Beaver is telling one of the children who were trapped in that uh, land of Narnia that Aslan, he's the king of Narnia, and that he's a lion. Mr. Beaver says to Susan, says, Aslan is a lion. He is the lion. He is the great lion. And Susan says something like, well, if he's a lion, I think I'm going to be afraid of him. Is he safe? And Mr. Beaver says, who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe. He's not safe, but he's good. You know, God is not safe. God is on his throne. God created everything out of nothing. And one day he's going to judge the world. God is not safe, but he's good. And that's why 
We need to receive the grace and the mercy and forgiveness that he offers. You know how you can be safe in the presence of God? Let him wash away your sins. That's how you can be safe in the presence of God. You know what he said? He said that if you trust in me for salvation, if you believe with your heart and you confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, then you'll be saved. Do you know if you trust in him to forgive your sins, if you commit to him as Lord of your life for the rest of your life, Bible says that you're going to be safe in the presence of an all-powerful God because he's going to make you safe. If you've not done that, can I just say, that's the most important thing you can do. The most important thing that you can do today. That's why we need that. You know, we need to fear God. Jesus said this, this is Matthew chapter 10. He says, and do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. So fear God. That's why I I, I pray that we will be one nation under God. Because we are under his lordship and we are under his judgment. Just like every nation on the earth. So priorities for July 4th. Honor everyone. Find a way to love the brotherhood. And then fear God. Here's another one. Um, let Let me continue on here. I'm sorry. I don't want to move on yet. There's one thing. Let us think about how we're going to fear God. How are we going to submit to the Lord? Let me just encourage you. Spend some time in prayer for our nation tomorrow. Spend some time in prayer for your life as a Christian. That we would show reverence to God by trusting him and acting that out. So, uh, you know, if, you, if you've already trusted him as Savior, praise God. Here's what you can do. You can pray for the nation. That, that prayer that's encouraged for us to do in Second Chronicles chapter 7 where, where God says to Solomon, it's related to all of us, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. The, he- the health of a nation, the health of a nation, the spiritual health of a nation is tied not to the laws but to the faithfulness and humility of God's people in that nation. So we need to honor everyone. We need to love the brotherhood. We need to fear God. And then the last one, honor the emperor. Honor the national ruler. This is the same word that's used when it says honor everyone. You know, if, if for some reason in the power of the Holy Spirit, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, uh, God told Peter, to write this down again in a very specific way, because you'd think that honoring the emperor would be included in honor everybody, right? But he also specifically says, honor the emperor. And he says this in a way that says, you need to keep on doing it. Keep on honoring uh, the emperor. And, and you know, you got to know for those people, that was tough. Because in that day, the emperor was not on the side of Christians. On that day, the emperor, the government was not on the side of Christians. And they were facing persecution. They were facing opposition. And he's saying, in the, in the midst of that, respect the office of the emperor, respect the person filling the office, honor the emperor. You know, that, that had to be just very, very hard thing to do, very hard thing to swallow. And so here's what we do. As followers of Jesus Christ, by the word of God, I need to respect our nation and its leaders. It means I got to respect and pray for President Biden. I need to respect and pray for Governor DeSantis. It doesn't matter what 
party they are. It doesn't matter what they believe. I got to show respect to the United States of America. I know we live in a flawed country run by flawed leaders. But I tell you what, I'm extremely grateful that I get to live here and serve here. You know, there's not anywhere else where I'd prefer to live. I'm grateful to be a citizen of the United States. Now, I've lived in other countries and I, I, I lived in other countries. I've served in other countries, but I'm grateful to be a United States citizen. I'm grateful for our freedoms. But as a follower of Jesus Christ, I, I, I am called by my Lord to honor and respect our leaders and our nation. And I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ first and foremost, okay? So I want to pray for our future and I pray for our direction. And I want the words, God bless America, to become real. You know, and it becomes more of a reality when followers of Jesus do what Jesus calls us to do. When we become the blessing that God intended us to be. You know, the best way I can spend the 4th of July is to be the best follower of Jesus Christ and the best witness to this nation that Jesus Christ is Lord. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for your word. Lord, I thank you so much for the power that's in your word and the truth that's here. And Lord, some of these things are easy to do and some of these are hard. But Lord, you didn't call us on an easy path. Lord, you called us on a holy path. And Lord Jesus, I pray that you would help us to be the witness that this nation needs, Lord. Lord, in our actions, help us to show the transformation that you have created in us. And Lord, as we do the work you've called us to do, May you be glorified. Lord, if there's someone here that needs to make a decision to trust you as Lord and Savior, Lord, I pray right now in this moment, they're saying, Lord Jesus, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you to forgive my sins, Lord. I can't do it on my own. I'm trusting you, Lord, Lord, to give me a second chance. Lord, I'm committing to you as Lord of my life. I pray someone's making that decision right now. And Lord, I pray that as we move forward, Lord, that as we are your witnesses, that glory would be given to you and to you alone. And Lord, please, in your mercy and in your grace, God bless America. Amen. Would you stand with me? We're coming to a time of invitation. If the Lord, if, if the Lord is calling you to make a decision, you feel the nudging of the Holy Spirit to move forward and make a public decision, you can come forward and say, I'd like to be a member of this church. You can come forward and say, I'd like to come and, and present myself for uh, baptism. You might want to come and say, I want to hear more about what it means to trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior. Whatever God is calling you to do, let's do that today. Don't, don't put off what the Holy Spirit is calling you to do today. Side is to guide us. I-
as we depart, receive your blessing from God's word, for you are truly a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. Go out now to proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And all God's people who pledged to do so said, Amen. Amen.